What's good, good people? Vets, let's talk. We got a special guest in front of the formation today, Corporal Anthony Stevens, U.S. Marines. And hey, we got the Marines in the door. I don't think this is one true or crayons, though. I think he was on point with <laughs> what he was doing. So, hey, man, I need y'all to stay tuned. Hey, before we get started, you already know what I say. HBO special, help a brother out. Get them likes, shares, and leave me some of them comments. And thank you guys for tuning in, listening to what this man has to say about his journey. Not your journey, but his. It's his destination because he stops every time he gets to a point in his life the way he thinks it needs to be a change. Hey, how you doing, my brother? I'm doing well, sir. How are you? I'm outstanding, man. Where you calling in from, man? So I'm calling in from uh, the Washington, D.C. area, the DMV area. Beautiful, nice, beautiful, cold day today. It's cold up there? Oh, it's been cold for the past couple of weeks and getting colder. Oof. I don't miss, I'm from Chicago. I don't miss the cold. I can't. I, I'm used windy. to it. Huh? Windy city. Yeah, the windy, windy city. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hey, man, I like to ask people a guess. Like, like, I, like, I like to ask my guests about the, the the food staple of where they're from what can i go get me like an all-time best meal that like you know what 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 that state and city is known for so the dc area is known for uh mumbo sauce i don't know if you're familiar i'm pretty sure that you are most people are um so mumbo sauce and a lot of carry out so you know your 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 chicken um, a lot of stuff that you get from the carryout, from Chinese carryout um, uh, specifically. Yeah. Uh, but you you get that with some with some French fries and you put some mumbo sauce over that. That's a classic meal within itself. Uh, you can go somewhere like Ben's Chili Bowl. You can go somewhere like, uh, oh, they closed it down recently, man. But Horse and Dickies, Horse and Dickies. I don't know if they have a new uh, spot, but man, Horse and Dickies used to be the spot to go uh, for fish. Anything fish related in DC, you could get from uh, Horse and Dickies. I know they had multiple locations. Uh, I'm not sure if any of them are still around. I know the one on H Street is no longer there. Right. But uh, if the people do some do some investigation, I'm sure that they can find something related to Horse and Dickies or the lineage to where they can get some good fish. Right. Right. Some right. Is that mumbo sauce? That's kind of sounds. It's some probably something similar to Chicago's mild sauce. Okay. Yeah, I've never had that. What's that talking about? Man, it's 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 slight on a vinegar barbecue ketchup. It's 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 different. I never tasted no sauce like that anywhere. Any something that's a little bit close is probably Chick-fil-A's Polynesian sauce. Little okay. not much, but it's a little bit close. Okay. So you, you got Hurl's chicken, you go in there probably for a six piece dog. Okay and put that mild sauce on it. <laughs> Let that bread, hey, I'm a foodie. I work out a lot, so okay. I, I eat a lot too, so man. Hey man, how's the family doing? I forgot to ask you that. I'm sorry about that, my brother. Oh, my family's doing well. I appreciate you asking. Yeah, family's doing well. Um, I'm looking to grow, uh, grow my family here shortly. Um, you know, hopefully, hopefully in the future, I'm, I'm saying that within the future, I'm looking to grow my family. You know, I'm not, I'm not making any special announcements or anything, but <laughs> yeah, I am looking to uh, expand. Um, but yeah, the family's doing well. Uh, they are my support system. Uh, they're always in my corner and uh, I appreciate them for all that they do and all that they uh, uh, built me into. 
Man, that makes me happy because not too many people sit back and realize what a family can make you become. <laughs> Absolutely. Some sort of support system is essential to any type of success. Yeah. You know, uh, uh, what you don't even really see in nature things that that don't have a symbiotic relationship with something else everything needs something else to succeed you know uh, plants need light uh, uh without that light from the sun what would they be mm. you know that same that can be analogous to what a family is or what a good support system is uh to a person man you speaking for that man I like oh that. man, <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you ready for these questions, man? Yes, sir. I am ready. Okay, let's jump on into it. Let's just talk. Hey, what do you remember about your days of service? Oh man, I remember late nights and early mornings. Man, a lot of training, uh, a lot of work, um, a lot of work that, uh, a lot of overtime. A lot of work that you don't get uh, compensated for. Um, but I also remember a lot of structure, a lot of regiment, and a lot of discipline, um, a lot of camaraderie, um, a lot of things that you don't see often in the civilian world, uh, which is something that I miss the most about uh, military services. If there's one thing that I do miss the most, it would be that, the camaraderie uh, that you get out of uh, and I want to say co-workers, but it's it's more than that. It's deeper than that. This this family that you develop into, um, you know, <laughs> it's that camaraderie that you build. And I was talking to somebody at the gym about that. Mm -hmm. like you live with these people. You have no no choice but to know their business, what's going Absolutely. on in their household. They Absolutely, family. So it's it's like it's so much of a deep bond that somebody's that you realize that somebody have your back that's on your team. Not, yeah. Can't say for every military individual that you come across, but somebody that was on that team of yours, they had your back, and you might have some indifferences about what's going on, but at the same time, you know they got you. Indeed, that's yeah. Something. And you don't get that. You don't get that in the civilian world. You know. Like you said, you're forced to know these people, whether you want to or not. You know, uh, you live with them and you go through the struggle with these people. Every Everybody that you're with is going through the same exact thing. Everybody misses their family. Everybody doesn't want to be up early in the morning, P10, doing some, you know, oh, we're doing a six mile uh, uh, boots and utes run through the hills of Camp Pendleton, you know, uh, <laughs> carrying a 250 pound log you know that's pt that's what we're doing at five o'clock in the morning you know on top of having to go to the shop and work all day and work all night and wake up in the morning and do it all over again oh, so man. you know and for four years straight or however long your contract is you know there's no break you get no break whether you go to a new unit whether you go uh, to a new MOS, the military, it, it's the military. It's all structured the same. They're going to get, however long your contract is, they're going to get that time out of you. You're lying about that. <laughs> That's what I know I kind of took the question and ran with it, but. <laughs> no, you good. No, I, I'm, I'm like, I'm loving it. Any way you can flow with it. Okay. Because, like you go put it on your resume about how long you worked in, in a week 
you put yeah. 60 or 80, they were like, it's impossible. Oh, no, it's not. I've done it many a day. Right. <laughs> we just talking, man. You can, you can go off with a question, bro. It's, it does. Okay. It don't, like, go left or right. It doesn't matter. Okay. okay. So when did you leave the military and what was the process like? I left the military in 2014. Uh, the process for me was actually pretty seamless, man. I left the military in August of 2014 and I was working by November of the same year. Um, I did have, you know, that 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 couple of months of downtime and uh, it was just essential for me, my last year in service. Um, I knew that I was gonna be getting out, so I just saved. I saved as much money that I could. You know, I really didn't leave uh, the barracks much. I mean, I had, I had a social life, I wasn't a hermit, but you know, it was very imperative for me at this stage to save my money because I knew that uh, I wanted to have somewhere to live at. I didn't want to go back to mama's house, you know? So, um, yeah, man, I saved up my money and uh, uh, August of 2014 came around. And when it came around, I was excited. And that's when I, I purchased my first place, uh, uh, my first apartment. And I rode that out for a couple of months until I started my job. So, uh, it was it was very seamless for me and i'm lucky to have had such a seamless process i know other people go through uh, a lot of trials and tribulations especially with having to adjust getting out of the military and um it, it was uh still sort of a culture shock after i i left the military but because of the type of job that i got into uh uh, uh quickly thereafter my adjustment wasn't uh, too difficult think you put like an important part at the beginning about you saving money which is something a lot of veterans getting out they don't think about that yeah I'm like hey I, I know I'm going to do this so I need to prepare for this it's either hey I know I'm getting out so I think I need to have a job set up or mm -hmm. I know I'm getting out so let me figure out some schools I can go to yeah, or it's, if, if not that do I have any illnesses that I can claim from a VA? Yes, absolutely. I think veterans, they don't, we don't think about it. They say, hey man, I'm done with this. I get out and I worry about it. I get out, which becomes the tough part. Mm -hmm. You think about it when you get out, it's just, it's too many variables. <laughs> it's just absolutely. so much going on. <laughs> absolutely, man. Yeah, yeah. And especially, I can imagine, uh, you know, the economy was a, a bit more stable when I got out. I can imagine being a veteran today amidst all of the concern amidst all of the the tumultuousness with the economy today uh how one is to maneuver especially being so young how where are you going to live with the economy being so strained um how much money is enough truly um and is the amount that you save will it be enough for what you want and even we're at a we're we're at a crossroads now to you have to you have to balance between what is it that you want and reality you know there's no choice anymore so you know is a one a, a little studio apartment in the city you know that that $3000 a month rent is that something uh, uh, that you're going to have to be comfortable with moving forward, something that you're forced to live into if you want to make it on your own. 
So just only imagine that. Yeah, I hope y'all listen. Because money six, about probably five years ago, ain't money today. Well, rent, I'm going to say rent. Yeah. Money probably still the same. Yeah, everything is like double. Like a $700 duplex is probably $700 now. Or 2000 in some areas, which is ridiculous. So, and what else? Where else are you going to go? <laughs> what else are you going to do? <laughs> getting hard. It's getting hard out here. Yeah. Was there anything or anyone that helped you during the transition from your military to civilian life? Um, I would say just the support of my family. Um, you know, it, 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 again, I didn't really experience a lot of strife with getting out of the military. So, um, I can't really speak to any type of struggle on that end, but the importance, again, like I said in the beginning of, ha of having some sort of support system, whether that be family, whether that be friends, um, anything, man, we're in the age of technology. You have a, a, a pen pal or somebody you chat with, um, you know, uh, just having somebody in your corner, somebody that you can decompress to, um, somebody that can help guide you um, because people just aren't here in your lives to listen to your problems. A lot of people have a lot of knowledge that you don't have. They have a lot of uh, expertise and in insight that you don't have. Um, so just being able to lean on that and to grow um, and to be inspired by that uh, you know, I think that that is invaluable within itself. So for me, that was, that was the most, um, uh, that was the biggest, uh, I guess, um, I want to say, what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> then I helped you transition. Yeah, that, that's like the biggest thing that helped me transition. But I, I just wanted to put more emphasis on how much of uh, an impact that that had on me. You know what I mean? Because, uh, yeah, without that, man, like it's you, you truly cannot do it on on your own, you know. So, yeah, man, whether that's some sort of mentor and things like that, so. Yeah, man, I would just stress that to the people that's listening, to everybody watching. Man, anybody that's there for you, anybody that's in your corner, anybody that wants to be in your corner, um, you know, it is essential that, that you maintain that. You know, we can't do it alone. Right. Is there anything you wish civilians understood about military service or service members? Ooh, I would say... I think that civilians don't realize, uh, you know, a lot of military members, they have a certain attitude. They have a certain complex about them. And I think that a lot of civilians should realize that it's not, it's not that I'm being, you know, an asshole, you know, excuse my French. It's, that, it's just that the environment that I was in, the environment that I was raised in to be in is very quick. All right. The environment that I'm in, it's, it's very, it's very structured, it's very regimented. A lot of that you don't get in the civilian world. So when you have somebody that's spewing structure, that's spewing uh, 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 discipline, so to speak, in a way that's different 
to you that you've never seen in your industry or within your sector, I think that that's where uh, uh, civilians and a lot of military members clash. So I think that if civilians understood more the type of uh, work that you come from, the type of environment that you come from, uh, I think that maybe uh, civilians and, and former military will be able to mesh a little bit better. Thank you for saying that because it's it's far beyond an understanding of the bluntness that a that a military personnel might have coming into the civilian world to go ahead and get it done right now. And yeah, yeah why I got to do this? It was no questions to if you got to do something, let's go ahead and do it. And there's no, no conversation to be had. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And you know, and in the civilian world, again, you know, that's 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 not normal you know the status quo is to ask questions and i'm not saying that asking questions is wrong asking questions there's a place for that but sometimes uh there's also a place for that discipline and that structure x needs to be done i need you to do x go do x you know versus you giving me y and z so do you have any advice for other transitioning soldiers coming out of the military? Be patient. Be patient with yourself. Be patient with the process. Nothing happens overnight. Uh, you may get out of the military. You did X, Y, and Z. Your rank is this and that. Um, and and it's, 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 it's very honorable. It's, it's, uh, uh, it's very um, rewarding, but in, at the same token, civilians, they don't see the same types of awards or the same type of accomplishments that you've uh, received in the same light as you do. Right. So you may have to get out being, you know, this E5 or E6, you know, staff sergeant or even gunny, you get out of the military and you have to play your role. Your role in the military was that of a leader and that of a commander and so on and so forth. But you have to be patient with yourself and be patient with the process and realize, hey, I'm starting anew. I'm starting in an industry. I'm starting around people uh, who do not come from the same experience as I do. So as I'm being patient with them, they must be patient with me and I have to be patient with the process. And once you understand that, I think that things are able to fall into place uh, a little bit more uh, appropriately and clearly. Right. So, man, I, I, I understand, like, when you got out of out of the military, what, a couple of months down, and you jumped into, you jumped into a different field of work. Yeah. You, you were still a serviceman, but... Yeah, absolutely. You became a police officer. Yep, yep, yep. Like, Typical. Like, <laughs> like, I need, like, you to tell me, like, what what made you go from military to police work? Because that's the common thing with coming up, people coming out of the military aren't going to be police officers. Yeah. What made you jump into that field? Well, man, I'd always, from a young age, man, I said I wanted to be a Power Ranger, you know, uh, like a lot of little boys, you know. So uh, uh, that eventually evolved into wanting to be a police officer. And, wanting to be in the military and I served in the Marine Corps so I did that and it just all turns into it's something that I've always wanted to do you know um I've just I don't want to say that it was more so of a calling but 
it was just something that I knew that I would be good at. It was something that I knew um, would be the closest thing to making a difference to the community that raised me, the closest thing that I could give back. Um, if I could, I don't know, fight crime, if I could make my community that much better, if I can give um, this type of energy back to my community, um, you know, it would it would make me happy. So yeah, man, that's what I did. That's good stuff. So I'd like to ask you, were there similar personality traits being a police officer and being like coming from the military? Or were you kind of like, Oh, yeah, yeah. Um, yes, there were, and uh, uh, that's actually that that can actually be problematic. Um, so, like I said, I didn't have that hard of a time um, uh, with 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 the culture because coming from the Marine Corps, coming from one regimented, structured, and disciplined environment, and going to the next was very seamless, especially coming from the Marine Corps. Um, however, when you're policing individuals, you're not policing Marines, you know, you're not policing military uh, members, you're not policing uh, POWs, you're policing your fellow citizens, you know, so there still is somewhat of a culture shock because now you're thrown into this position of authority and the authority that I'm used to is a lot different than the authority that I could bestow or not bestow that I could show upon uh, uh, a civilian you know so there still is a culture shock and you do see a lot of uh, uh, prior military individuals within the ranks of the police departments with these military atypical type personalities and it's like you know these people will be good as military police but not ne not necessarily as a beat cop, right. if you understand what I mean, yeah. you know. So um, yeah, there was still somewhat of a uh, somewhat of a, a, a transition that had to be made. Um, but yeah, that was that was kind of my experience. Yeah, because you know the care is different. Like <laughs> they, you get so much resistance with the civilians. Because I was a parole officer for a minute. Okay, and it's it's, it's totally different. They yeah. want to, you know, just come in, talk trash to you, and this thing ain't nothing gonna happen to them. Which in the military, they yeah. might get a little bit of something back, but they know they tails is in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Structure is totally different. So, did you come home? Were you married then when you was police officer? Or no. Yes. Yep. So, did you did you have to come home and decompress with like a different personality? Like, were you like the same person all the time? Uh, man. Yeah, it was, it was, yeah, it was, it was different. Yeah, it was different because, yeah, you know, you can't, you can't talk to your wife as some sort of authority, authority figure, you know, or your spouse or, or whatever type of partnership, you know, people have going on, you know, and, and it's hard to come from doing this all day, every day, transitioning from doing this all day every day four years straight to now i have to be a family man now i have to you know now i have to learn i have to realize that it's not just my way you know you have to 
unlearn a lot of selfish things that are enforced in you and you know and it's not it's not necessarily a bad thing it's just the route that you have chosen has been paved with these hard stones you know and uh you know so it's it's it, it was essential for me to uh be patient with myself and uh be patient with um, my wife and learn a lot unlearn a lot of uh, uh, the behaviors that you learn in being an authoritative figure in the Marine Corps, in the police department, to being Mr. Lovey Dovey at home. Okay. So, like, relearning or rebecoming, you know, it, it was a constant battle for you since you left the Marines. Yeah. Man, so uh, let me say this before I jump on to this next question, man. Thank you for your double service. <laughs> oh, thank you for support. <laughs> Man, I, I commend you, bro. Hats off, because that's the fact. You as well. You as well. Parole is, is man, it's also within the law enforcement community, you know, and, and um, you know, you could, you could easily be in any type of situation that uh, somebody out in a uniform, uh, out on the beach can be in. You know, it's a yeah. dangerous job. Quickly, somebody recognize you just in the middle of nowhere. Oh, that's my... Oh hey, and you like my family's with me. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh man, it's real, it's real tricky. But I appreciate you and you and you for your service, man. Hey man, I want to know. I want to know. You, 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 you. Well, first of all, I'm gonna say you're no longer a police officer, right? What made you jump out of that field of work? Um. So policing, it was it was a very uh, it was a, a very interesting role. Um, um, you learn a lot, you get it, you get to do a lot, uh, but you also see a lot, and in seeing a lot, you go through a lot, and uh, you just get tired of. At least for me, man, I just got tired of dealing with the same types of things every day. It, it was kind of like I told you, I wanted to make a difference and you really start to grow and you start to see it's um, I'm not really doing anything out here, you know? So, uh, yeah, man. And, and you're just constantly seeing people in these, in these terrible situations, people don't call the police to, uh, you know, tell you how good of a day that they have. And, you know, generally you're going to the worst types of things all day, every day, man, you're doing it for 10 hours straight all day, every day. And, um, you know, it's just rough, man. It's, it's, it's rough. You get tired after a while of, of seeing these things, especially of seeing people who look like you go through these same types of situations. And it's seeing, and it just seems like nothing is, nothing is, is coming of the situation. Nothing is getting done. It's just a constant revolving door. And, uh, you know, it's just, I just kind of felt like I, I wasn't doing much of a service. You know, I was just risking my life. So um, I decided to pursue other things um and uh uh you know maybe one day i will get back into it I, I i have a desire to get into it within the realm of uh federal policing uh maybe as a as an as an 1811 but um to go back on the beat as a street cop um it's just you know i've i've had my day so yeah it was just a destination along your journey mm -hmm. never stops but you but you had another destination right now so it's your business. Tell the people about your business. 
Yes, sir. Yes, sir. So I am a principal advisor and chief executive of Derigmus Advisory Group. So Derigmus Advisory Group is a security consulting firm, and we focus in the realm of uh, cybersecurity, physical security. We conduct security audits, uh, penetration testing, uh, and things of the like. Also, we're in the realm of intelligence analysis uh, and uh, data uh, integration. So, um, yeah, it's, it's like a tech company, also a security company. Um, yeah, it's just something that I'm passionate about. I'm passionate about security. I'm passionate about technology. And uh, I decided to uh, mesh both of these things and uh, to create this, this business out of it. Man, I'm proud of you, bro. I appreciate you, it. Thank you. Because it just seems like you, you steady on the, on the climb of who should I become next? Oh man, I ask myself that question every day. <laughs> That's every good, good questions. You, you never yeah. stagnate in, in who you are. You just wanted to get to, to continue to grow. And that's that's that is huge. That is huge. That's big for me and yes, the sir. people to talk to. And I appreciate you for this interview because Thank you, you said a lot of important things on this interview that's that Thank will resonate you. with a lot of people, bro. And I appreciate you for that. What, well, what gave you the motivation behind starting? I know you said you like tech, and you probably already. Yeah. But if you already answered the question, just tell me to shut up. <laughs> oh no, nah, man, no, nah, I'm on your show, man. Absolutely not. <laughs> um, I think, uh, man, I don't know, man. I just I felt like nobody within the area that I'm in with my type of experience, you know, nobody with prior law enforcement experience, at least that I've seen. Um, nobody with uh, prior experience with uh, being in the Marine Corps. And um, I have cybersecurity experience. And, um, uh, you know, from being on the police department, man, you know, I've, I've, I've conducted uh, raids. I've been on motorcades protecting the president. I've uh, just, you know, man, I've done so many different things within the realm of law enforcement that I think that could uh, mesh well within the field of of technology. So I just thought that if I combine the two, um, I think that I could bring a lot of uh, new insight and a lot of new uh, 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 a lot of new skills to an underdeveloped sector. So right now we're working on uh, research. I'll, I'll give you an example. We're working on research right now on how uh, drones, like uh, like you know, like the DJI. Uh, drones and things like that. Well, how those and also how uh, DIY drones could be used to defeat law enforcement and also defeat critical critical uh, in infrastructure. Mm. So, you know, um, this is something, this is how my skills with being a law enforcement officer, with uh, 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 the skills that I've obtained with being in the Marine Corps are able to mesh you know, and and show these type of concepts uh, because these are things that, these are threats that are very real and they're here now and uh, have the potential to disrupt a lot of people's lives. And it's something, it's a threat that is very, very real. It's tangible. Um, and, you know, uh, departments and, and other law enforcement agencies uh, uh, need to work on, on securing this threat before it uh, proliferates into something worse. So right now we're conducting research on that, just as an example. Um, and 
Yeah, man, the technology behind that, we'll definitely stay in contact. I'll keep you updated on that. But the technology within that, the security concepts within that, you know, is is right up my alley. So, you know, um, it's just something that I'm good at and something that I'm passionate about. I hear the pass. I, hear I know that was a lot, man. No, yeah, no, I know no, it was a lot. Good, because <laughs> when you're talking, I'm hearing, I'm hearing and seeing you do what you do. So that's that's a good thing. Yeah. You got to talk. You would talk all day about something you love, and that's how I can tell. Like, yeah, absolutely. He loves this. Absolutely. So if yes, if sir. if it was one thing that you can leave like leave people with, it's like what you live by. Like me, I'm gonna sit back and say for an example. Mm -hmm. If I didn't get it today, I will always get it tomorrow. If I wasn't my best today, tomorrow I will always be better than my right now. If you if you get what I'm saying, I have, if I had a horrible day today, I'm not gonna carry this day into tomorrow's back and its weight. It's not gonna do. It's not productive to me, nobody, or my family. So, what is something that you think that you live by? Hmm. Wow. First of all, man, let me uh, just. <laughs> Yeah, man, because that's that's pretty deep, man. That's I like that. I would say, oh man, be kind, mm. and I tell you why. When you speak of being kind, you only think of being kind to other people. I'm telling you to be kind. You need to be kind to you. Woo. It starts with you. <laughs> hey, Michael Jackson had a song. It's the man in the river. <laughs> <laughs> hey, I'm about to close out, man. <laughs> Thomas Edison. Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Before I close out, once again, thank you for your service, my brother. Thank you for coming thank you on. Thank you And sharing those kind words of wisdom. I hope everybody took something from what you just said. But I got a quote from Thomas Edison. Our greatest weakness, weakness lies in giving up. The most certain way to succeed is to always try just one more time. That's what I just said. Hey, man, who's up next for formation? Y'all already know what I say. Out. <laughs>